Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Television Archive. The show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved medium. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Fringe. Today we will be discussing Season 5, Episode 9, titled Black Blotter. Uh, A fantastic, fantastic episode uh, that brings a beautiful conclusion to the grand Episode 19 tradition of the 19th episode of every season being super goddamn weird. And before anyone says anything, yes, I'm very much aware that this is episode 9, and it's being ascribed as part of the episode 19 tradition. Uh, basically, for those of you who don't know, uh, this when this got cut down to a 13-episode order... Uh, basically, the writers wanted to do an episode 19. They wanted to have their episode 19 tradition upheld. And so they just went, nine's close enough. And they did it here. <laughs> they did it in the episode 9 slot instead of episode 19. Which, by the way, this is why I love Fringe's writers. Not only did they establish an entire tradition in their second season where... The 19th episode of every season is always going to be weird, always going to be insane, always going to be bizarre. Like, not only did they do that, but when Fox, for the final season, said, No, you can't have episode 19. (laughs) You can only go up to 13. They were so desperate. They wanted so badly to have their excuse to go weird. They wanted their excuse so badly to go just completely bizarre. And so they just went, Nine's one of those numbers. (laughs) And went on. And just gave themselves the excuse to just get Walter High one last time. And it's just like, wow. (laughs) Just. Wow, like, yes, these are my people. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, we'll dive into all the weirdness in a minute, but before that, uh, we will go into everyone's favorite segment, Things That Are Different. God, that, that entire, that entire intro, like, just that... I will not miss that. I will not miss that when we're done talking about this show. I, I will never, ever miss that. Anyway, so we're doing another alternate timeline things that are different, which, like, these are very rare nowadays. Uh, turns out, Sam Weiss took a very different trajectory. Actually, now that you think about it, we have both alternate timeline and 2036 and one. Uh, Sam Weiss took a very different trajectory. So turns out he never met Fringe Division. In this alternate timeline, he never met Fringe Division in the timeline where Peter died as a kid. And, on top of that, since the normal days of, like, 2011 and whatnot, he, at some point, got recruited by Donald 
to guard this relay tower that was being used to carry uh, that radio signal. At some point, got recruited to guard that thing and died in a shootout. And now we see his skeleton in 2036. And it's a really... It's a really rough scene, I'm gonna be honest. Like, it's kinda... And it's very well done. Like, Olivia finds this random body decomposed heavily... And then pulls out ID and finds that Sam Weiss, who she knows from other timeline and Peter knows from other timeline. And there's kind of this, like, rough moment where she realizes, oh, crap, Sam Weiss, this man who helped so much and was so important uh, in earlier years, like, just is now dead and has been for so many years. Like, it's this kind of, they very, they handle that scene very, very well in a very understated way. And it's great. Uh, But yeah. That's uh, what Sam Weiss has been doing in Alternate Timeline and in Observer Hellhole Future. So, yeah. There's that. Anyway, uh, that's it for this installment of Things That Are Different. Alright, enough of that garbage. Let's talk about how Walter gets super high. Man, the best episodes are when Walter gets high. The best episodes are when Walter gets high. Uh, so, this episode deals very beautifully with Walter being afraid of his own self. Like, as he starts to revert, as he starts to revert back to who he was, as he starts to revert back to the person he was before the bits of his brain got removed, he... Like, is getting more and more afraid, and is slipping, and is just not sure what to do with himself. Uh, he caught himself, uh, almost leaving the lab, just with no explanation. He caught himself almost leaving. And it's, by the way, heavily implied that he was leaving to turn Fringe Division into the Observers to gain favor with them. Literally exactly what William Bell did back before the Great Ambering. And Walter's, like, just increasingly afraid of what he'll become, afraid of what he'll revert back into. Uh, We find out in this episode, by the way, that Nina made a deal with Walter to remove the pieces of his brain only after the plan to defeat the Observers is completed. So he wants to defeat the Observers, like, really quickly, really quickly, really quickly. Need to get brain bits out, need to get brain bits out, need to get brain bits out. And he is under, like, all this immense pressure and all this existential dread and in, like, immense terror of his own mind. So naturally he deals with this by dropping acid. Naturally he deals with this by dropping acid. And what results is equal parts beautiful character piece that's genuinely well done. Like, I'm going to make a lot of jokes about how Walter's tripping acid, and they're all well-earned jokes. Uh, This episode's really, really funny. But, like, also, it's really kind of devastating on an emotional level. Like, they do not hold back on 
like Walter's inner turmoil. They do not hold back on Walter's like genuine fears and you feel all of it. So it's equal parts beautiful character piece and batshit crazy what the hell is even happening. <laughs> uh, but he drops acid. He starts to see this like little fairy, this little pixie thing. Uh, he starts to see Carla Warren uh, sort of, like, haunting him. His old lab assistant, who died in the fire, uh, starts to... Starts to haunt him, Mr. Robot style, and starts to, like, whisper, like, in his ear, like, Hey, this is inevitable. Uh, it's gonna happen. You're losing yourself. You've been him longer than you've been you. Excellent line, by the way. Uh, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it's so perfectly handled. He starts seeing, like, young Nina. Like, Nina from 1985 trying to absolve Walter. Like, no, Walter, it's fine. You're not gonna be that. You're not gonna be that. Just this voice of reassurance. Uh, Carla leads him to this notebook. And says, like, uh, hey, this is what I came to burn. Uh, the night I died in that fire. This is what I came to burn the night I died in that fire. And uh, it's just like a notebook of all Walter's inventions. All the things that he was capable of. All the things that uh, he tried to do as his old self. So this is literally like the the era of him trying to play God. And then there's a bunch of other crap. Like, at one point they're having a meeting with Anil, and Walter, like, perceives it through watching them on a television screen <laughs> as if he popped a tape in, and it was them discussing tracing this radio signal. Uh, he sees this island that they're going to as freaking Oz. <laughs> <laughs> at one point, oh my god, at one point, the show just becomes Monty Python? And does like a very Monty Python-esque animation sequence? Like that type of weird animation style that you get from like a Monty Python thing? And it's super weird. <laughs> It's super bizarre. It's just madness. And I love it. It's the type of weird I absolutely adore from Fringe. And just watching Walter go around just making a fool out of himself, like being super high. It's it it's so great. Uh it's like perfect balance of funny and heartbreaking at the same time like it's just they handle it so well like as a last hurrah for episode 19s this is a pretty damn good one and let me not shortchange the fact that this is juxtaposed on top of maybe the most important thing that fringe division is doing like they have to find this child observer this radio that they've been holding for a while comes on and starts, like, uh, 
send in this coded message that they can't crack because Walter's super high. And they have to trace this down to find Donald. And so, like, this is a huge deal. This is a huge turning point in the plot. And while that is happening, Walter is super high. Like, I just... I, they could have very easily made this a nothing episode. They could have very easily have made this no stakes, nothing really essential is happening. It's just, let's see, Walter high. But <laughs> it sort of adds to the weight of everything in this season that, like, everything they do matters. Everything that happens matters. Uh, it sort of adds to that in a really great way where, like, Walter getting high is actually an impediment to this very real, very high-stakes operation they're running. Uh, so they spend this episode tracing this reg- radio signal, tracing this radio signal to this relay where they find dead Sam Weiss, R.I.P. Uh, and we then get to this island, uh, run into this dude with a gun, saying, who are you, get off my property, who are you, get off my property. He has... Michael with him, the child observer, they named him Michael, and this guy, when, when they say, we're here because of Donald, uh, we're here because we tracked down this radio signal, blah, 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 and this dude's like, if you, if you heard the radio signal, you know the code, uh, you know the password. Uh, he said the person he made the radio for would know the code. Da, 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 da. And then Walter has this big, like, Monty Python animated sequence, literally battling his old self for control of this, uh, locked memory of the password that ends up being Black Umbrella. It, it's, oh, it's so weird. It's so bizarre. This episode is insane. And they're like, okay, you're cool. Uh, And they tell the story of how, like, just uh, a while after, uh, just a few months after the Observer invasion, uh, these people were big resistance people. These people were fighting against Observers. And then Donald came and was like, hey, this kid, protect him. He is extremely important. To defeating the observers. He is extremely important to beating these people. Like, protect him, keep him safe, someone will come again and get him eventually. Hopefully. And they took him in, they uh took care of him, they named him Michael, they gave him a life. Apparently, this kid has not aged a single day since he came to stay with them. Like, not a single day. He is still the same age he was back in 2015 when uh, Walter and Donald, like, took him into the pocket universe. And now is the time. Now is the time to take Michael and start to figure out how he's important to this plan. And by the way, like, we get, like, a really wonderful goodbye between Michael and his essentially foster parents uh, that have, that he's been with for 20-odd years. Like, it's kind of beautiful, and it happens in the background, but it's really, really wonderful. By the way, it's also worth noting, 
uh, Michael remembers Olivia from the original timeline. So this kid experienced the original timeline, much like observers who uh, experience time differently. This kid also experiences time differently and is aware of those events and is entirely aware of those events that took place. So, a level of awareness of alternate timelines similar to how observers work. And then, all of this culminates in a beautiful, beautiful ending. Where Walter's just, like, sitting in the lab. Like, just sitting on the floor of the lab. Just having these, like, projections. These, like, movie theater projections play out in front of him. Of all the horrible things he did. Uh, They basically give you a recap of Peter. Uh, the flashback episode, Peter, of, like, all the horrible things he said throughout all that, all the horrible things he did throughout all that, the moment his hubris literally destroyed two universes, or almost did, rather, and then he makes a choice to burn the notebook he found. He makes the choice to burn the notebook that Carla showed him. And he burns it, and then Carla basically reveals, like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. This is all in your head. You know the information now. It can't be burned. And, like, you look back down at the bowl that Walter's burning this thing in, and the notebook's gone. There never was a notebook. It was never in existence. This was all just information locked in his own brain. And I I love the implication of this. They don't flat out say it, but the projection of Carla said she came to burn that notebook. The life's work. Carla. Carla was just there to burn the lab down. We've been talking lab accident, lab accident, lab accident, lab accident, lab accident. She intentionally tried to burn the lab down to stop Walter from doing horrible stuff in both timelines. Like, she flat out said, this dude's a maniac, he's gone too far, I need to burn everything. Uh, And it would appear that She failed and succeeded only in burning herself. It would appear she failed and and, uh, succeeded only in burning herself. I would love to have seen... uh, They never actually did this, but I would have loved to have seen a flashback episode of uh, Carla's essentially arson attempt in the lab. Like, that would have been amazing to witness. Uh, But yeah, that's the end of the episode. Damn, this is so good. This is so great. Like, they did everything. They did literally everything with this episode. They did magnificent character work, a very significant progression of the plot, and just went super weird. (laughs) Just went super weird and had these bizarre drug-fueled sequences of just this weird-ass imagery. Uh, I haven't even talked about the taxi scene, Oh my god, that scene when Walter perceives that he's in a taxi. 
and thinks he's outside of the Observer precinct in Manhattan when really he's just in a car with Astrid. Like, just, that scene is so perfect. Like, just, God, this episode's amazing. This is a very underrated episode of Fringe. Fringe fans do not talk about this episode nearly enough. It's fantastic. Uh, and I would say one of the highlights of the season, of which there are many. Uh, basically, this entire season is great, is what I'm saying. Uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, we only got four more episodes left in the series, and I gotta say, from this point on, it is a race to the finish. Like, from this point on, there is not a moment to breathe. Like, they just, they go, and they go, and they go, and they never freaking stop, and it's phenomenal. Uh, anyway... Uh, if you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as I go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcast or app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's simple. It's just a pushable button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd, TomTom4468. And support the show, patreon.com slash thomasclark. Pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. If you become a patron, you can also get access to the Television Archive Supplemental, which I'll be giving you once every month. Or, if that's the work for you, you can also support the show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Uh, tomorrow, we'll be discussing Season 5, Episode 10. Talk to you then.